0: This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the ministry of the Christian Crusaders. God has given us some great promises to stand on and trust. Sometimes, however, our faith gets shaken and we struggle with not trusting in His abilities. These seasons of doubt bring questions demanding hard answers. What can we do during those times? Let's learn from two people who struggled with believing in the promises of God for many years. Our message today is entitled, When God Has the Last Laugh.
1: Sometimes, disappointments along the way can cause a faith crisis for God's people. We've got a great story before us today that speaks to that, and I hope you'll stay with us. We begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Would you pray with me? Faithful, wise, and gracious God, we ask that you would speak your holy word into our lives today and renew our faith. In the name of Jesus, we ask this. Amen. Our reading for today is taken from the book of Genesis, chapter 18, beginning at verse 1. The Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks of Mamre, as he sat at the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day. He looked up and saw three men standing near him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent entrance to meet them and bowed down to the ground. He said, My Lord, if I find favor with you, do not pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought, and wash your feet, and rest yourselves under the tree. Let me bring a little bread, that you may refresh yourselves, and after that you may pass on, since you have come to your servant. So they said, Do as you have said. And Abraham hastened into the tent to Sarah, and said, Make ready quickly three measures of choice flour, knead it, and make cakes. And Abraham ran to the herd and took a calf, tender and good, and gave it to the servant who hastened to prepare it. Then he took curds and milk and the calf that he had prepared and set it before them, and he stood by them under the tree while they ate. They said to him, Where is Sarah, your wife? And he said, There in the tent. Then one said, I will surely return to you in due season, and your wife Sarah shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent entrance behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in age. It had ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. So Sarah laughed to herself, saying, After I have grown old and my husband is old, shall I have pleasure? The Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? Is anything too wonderful for the Lord? At the set time, I will return to you in due season, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied, saying, I didn't laugh, for she was afraid. He said, Oh yes, you did laugh. Dear friends, Christians have been referred to as children of promise in the New Testament. When someone receives Jesus Christ into his or her life, that person receives a rich inheritance of promises from God. Here's just a couple of my favorites. They who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. Or, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And I love, lo, I am with you always to the end of the age. And there's more. My list goes on and on. And maybe you have a few go-tos of your own. But you have to agree, God has given us some great promises to stand on and trust. But sometimes that's not such an easy thing to do, is it? Sometimes our faith gets shaken. We find ourselves struggling over God's promises and not trusting in his abilities. We sometimes experience seasons of doubt which bring with them questions which demand more than pat answers. We don't feel close to God and the promises sound kind of empty. Many things can cause this doubting. Circumstances, for instance, which seem out of control can do it. Trials which never seem to end. Prayers which seem to go unanswered. Our own impatience with God Friends who question and even ridicule your beliefs. If you have the experience of having doubt in your walk with the Lord, please know this you are not alone. You're not an oddball. This is not unusual. Many of us go through periods of doubt and uncertainty when life throws us a curveball. I know I've had my own moments of crying out, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Well, it's during these times of weakness that I am especially grateful for the family album. I'm talking about the Bible. It's there that I receive encouragement and renewal of my faith in God's faithfulness and his abilities. The biblical narrative, you see, keeps showing me again and again that I am in pretty good company when my faith is small and I'm filled with doubts. It turns out that our biblical ancestors were human beings just like you and me, and they too faced many ups and downs in their own faith life. They also had their days when they wondered, can we really trust God? Is this problem maybe too big for God to handle? Where is God? Does he see what's going on down here? Can we really take him at his word? Such is the case in our reading from Genesis today. Here we have two people, Abraham and Sarah, struggling with believing in the promise of God that they would have a child. 24 years earlier, God had promised them a son. He also promised them land and that they would be a great nation, a blessing to the nations of the world. God already had started his plan to bring this broken world back to himself when he gave them this promise. Abraham and Sarah received it with joy and with faith, and when God said go, they packed up and they moved to the promised land in Cana. They looked forward to having that son. They were already quite old and had given up on the idea of having children They waited anxiously as they tried and tried to have a baby, and the years passed but still no child, and they weren't getting any younger. I mean, Abraham was 75 and Sarah 65 when they first received the promise, and now they were getting more stooped over with age and losing some teeth and energy as well as time quickly passed by, and they were beginning to wonder, maybe God isn't going to make this happen maybe he can't. So finally they took matters into their own hands and as the custom was during those days they used one of their servant women named Hagar to bear Abraham's child. This action on their part proved to be disastrous and caused all kinds of conflict and heartache for all concerned. After 24 years God said to Abraham again one day, you will have a son. You will have many descendants. And Abraham fell on his face and he laughed over that one. And this time it was a cynical sort of laugh. He said, Lord, let's be realistic. I am now almost 100 years old and Sarah's 90. I'm too tired to even keep trying to have this child. But God said, it's going to happen. And in today's episode, God visits Abraham and Sarah and gives them that same promise. I will come to you, he said, in the upcoming season, and Sarah shall have a son. This time, Sarah, who was in a nearby tent listening in on this conversation between Abraham and these three angelic heavenly visitors, laughed. Her laugh was a huge belly laugh, a cynical laugh, a laugh of disbelief. Outrageous, she thought. Now that I'm old and worn out, can I still enjoy pleasure? Can I still have sex? And my husband, he's older than me. This is an impossibility. In other words, Lord, it's too late now. I doubt if even you can make this pregnancy happen. Sounds like Sarah has gotten to the point of just giving up on God's promise, doesn't it? She felt God has let them down. Ever felt that way yourself? Or thought that? So both Abraham and Sarah were struggling with doubts, just like we do sometimes. But God responds to her laughter and question with a question of his own. Why did Sarah laugh like that and say, I'm too old? Is anything too wonderful for the Lord? How would you answer that last question? Is anything too wonderful for the Lord? It only seems right that we look at the ending of this story because this episode leaves us hanging. How did it all turn out? When we get to Genesis chapter 21, we're told the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age. They named him Isaac, which means he laughs. And Sarah said, God has brought laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh with me. Sarah's laughter is different than before. It's the laugh of wonder now and amazement in a God who keeps his promises and can do all things. It's the laughter of one who has witnessed that nothing is too wonderful for the Lord. Abraham laughed. Sarah laughed. But when you think about it, God had the last laugh, didn't he? Why do you suppose this story was kept in the Bible? To entertain us? No. No even though it is rather delightful, isn't it? Now, this story has a much deeper purpose than that. It was kept for people like you and me, who have our own seasons of doubt and cynicism, who who wonder about the faithfulness and the abilities of our God when life doesn't seem to be adding up like we thought it would or should. It reminds us once again that God is faithful and he's all-powerful and we can count on his promises. This story is meant to build and renew confidence in us as children of promise, confidence in our great and faithful God. It's meant to strengthen the weary who are ready to just give up on believing And maybe you are someone who's wrestling with doubts at this time. You're a believer in Jesus Christ, but you're struggling a bit, wrestling with your faith. And God's word to you this day is simply, child of promise, and you are my child in Christ. Remember, I always have the last laugh, and you can count on my word you know, God's people continued to learn that truth. When Moses and the Israelites' backs were against the Red Sea, for instance, with Pharaoh's army coming for them, and it looked like God's promise of freedom was going down the tube, the sea suddenly opened up for them, and they crossed between, and God had the last laugh, didn't he? "...when thousands and thousands of Midianites were lined up to slaughter Gideon's little army and it appeared that the little band of soldiers was as good as dead and the promise of God to set his people free was doomed." Gideon attacked the Midianites with torches and jars at night in obedience to God's instructions and drove them out. The Midianites were so panicked they were killing themselves as they ran. And Gideon won the battle and God had the last laugh. When the giant Goliath stood up threatening the troops of Israel and all were so afraid, David armed with five stones and a slingshot took him on in the name and power of the Lord of hosts. And Goliath fell, and the Lord had the last laugh. And when Jesus, having died on a cross as he said he would, was laid to rest in a rich man's tomb, and it appeared that death had won, up from the grave he arose, just as he had promised. He conquered sin and death and the devil, and God had the last laugh. And everyone who trusts in Christ shares in that victory and can count on eternal life. Because I live, you shall live also, Jesus promises. God keeps his promises. He never makes a promise that is too good to be true. Now, trusting in those promises is your choice. After God promised that last go-around, Abraham and Sarah had a choice. They could just give up, or they could keep on trying in faith to have that baby boy. And I'm sure that there were some inner doubts and some tough days, but they kept on trying and trying. And finally, just as God promised, his word was fulfilled. The boy was born, and afterwards they laughed with God, not at God. Here's the big idea of this text, folks. It's basically this. Children of promise. Trust him. Take him at his word. He always does what he says he will do. You might wonder, well, that's biblical times. Does he still do that today? And my response is, even today. Listen to this Story. It's a true story told by Michael Ramsden from Ravi Zacharias Ministries. It's an apologetics global ministry. He tells a story of a minister uh, of the gospel in Iran. As uh, this minister and his wife were driving, they stopped in a small Iranian village to purchase some water. Before entering, the minister noticed a man holding a machine gun leaning against the wall outside the store. The minister's wife looked at the man's face and the gun, then put a Bible in her husband's hand and said, Give that man this Bible. Her husband looked at the man, his menacing beard and his machine gun, and replied, I don't think so. But she persisted. I'm serious. Give it to him. Please give him the Bible. Trying to avoid the issue the husband said okay I'll pray about it. He went into the shop purchased the water climbed back into the car and started to drive away. His wife looked at him and said I guess you didn't give him the Bible did you? Looking straight ahead he replied no I prayed about it and it wasn't the right thing to do and she quietly said you should have given it to him and then she bowed her head and started to pray. At that point, he turned around and told his wife, "'Fine, if you want me to die, I will.'" When the minister returned to the store, the man with the machine gun was still standing against the wall. The minister approached him and placed the Bible in his hand. When the man opened it and saw it was a Bible, he started, of all things, to cry. "'I don't live here,' he explained. "'I had to walk for three days in order to get to this village.'" but three days ago an angel appeared to me and told me to walk to this village and wait until someone had given me the book of life. Thank you for giving me this book. And the God who commissioned the disciples to make disciples of all nations and promised, lo, I am with you always, must have had himself a good chuckle that day. The minister became a courageous Witness for Christ, by the way. Eventually, along with many others, uh, workers in the Iranian church, he was martyred for his faith. But not until he had led many, many people to Jesus Christ. I want to conclude our service today with an old hymn that declares that we're going to stand upon the promises of God. I encourage you to join me in the chorus as your personal commitment to trust in the promises of God because you really can take him at his word. That's the good news. Amen. As you go on your way, may the Lord be with you. May he go before you to show you the way, behind you to encourage you, beside you to befriend you, above you to watch over, and within you to give you his peace. Amen.
0: You've been worshiping with the ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We pray today's message has encouraged you to trust in the promises of God, because you really can take him at his word. Christian Crusader's first broadcast was aired 83 years ago on September 6, 1936, live from Trinity Lutheran Church in Waterloo, Iowa on WMT Radio. Now broadcasting on the Internet, 27 stations in 11 states across the nation, shortwave and satellite, as well as Imani Radio in Kenya, South Africa. We remain a nonprofit ministry supported entirely by the gifts of our listening audience. We encourage you as a listener to consider a gift to continue the ministry of proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ to our world. Letters and gifts may be sent to Christian Crusaders, 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613 or on our website at christiancrusaders.org. All gifts are tax deductible. We praise God for your gifts and prayers. We encourage you to check us out online, christiancrusaders.org, for more information about the ministry or to hear today's program again. Once again, our web address is christiancrusaders.org. We are happy you chose to worship with us today, and we invite you to join us again next Sunday on this station. Conducting the service was our speaker, Pastor Steve Kramer. Christian Crusaders is blessed to celebrate 83 years of continuous Sunday worship broadcasting.